Episode 15 of the Q Review, your one-stop shop for everything Quebec Major Junior Hockey League and the unofficial podcast of the QMJHL. As always, brought to you by Barely's House of Blues and Ribs in downtown Halifax, Barrington Street. Burgers, beers, blues music, and a lot of of fun. (laughs) Joining me once again is Theo after his one-week hiatus. Decided to not join us for a week. What were you doing, Theo? Um, I'm off the LTIR on the podcast, but it's good to be back. Um, honestly, haven't been doing much, um, but just school, lots of schoolwork. Um, when was the last time? When was the last pod? For me, it was last week. Okay, but when I was on? Uh, the Before Christmas. 18th, maybe? Oh. December 18th. Yeah, so been a while but tell, i'm back now and that's all that matters tell everyone why you were not there last week tell, right. tell them about so, your experience so digital tools no no not that oh well ice wait. jam oh well you want me to bring up that too okay. yeah um so high button sports um shout out high button they uh, invited me and chris to cover the east coast ice jam um last week and it was a lot of fun just got the whole experience really um with uh justin dudes sean um and you yeah it was really fun it's a great experience and yeah sean crocker was doing some play-by-play and camera work with us uh you guys will hear from him later he's our guest today but before we get into that we're gonna go with some qmjhl news so the qmjhl team of the week was announced josh lawrence of the halifax mooseheads eight points in three games Assists against the Ramparts, two goals and two assists versus Sherbrooke, and a goal and two assists against the Moncton Wildcats. Riley Kidney, Gatineau Olympique, he's having a heyday with his new team, as 10 points in three games, Jesus. two assists against Blainville, three assists against Drummondville, and a goal and four assists against Blainville the second time, tying a career high in points for a game. Alexis Gendron of Gatineau as well, also having a heyday, eight points in three games. He had... An assist against Blainville, three goals and an assist versus Drummondville, which tied a career high. Also his second career hat trick, second of the season. And two goals and an assist against Blainville. Defenseman Freddie Brunet, Victoriaville Tigra, also a Boston Bruins prospect. Seven points in two games. Th- goal and three assists against Valdor and three assists against Blainville. Dylan Gill, Rowan Aranda Huskies, Tampa Bay prospect. Six assists in three games. Three apples against Jakutami, two assists against Jakutami, and then assist against Bay Camo. Mathis Rousseau was also the QMJHL Player of the Week at the Halifax Moosehead. Solid, solid week. 2 0 0, 963 save percentage, 144 goals against average against the two best teams in the QMJHL before Halifax took over Sherbrooke. Uh, yeah, so 32 saves against Quebec and 46 saves against the Sherbrooke Phoenix. One of the best offenses in the league, and he shut them right down. Shut the door, man. That guy's he's on a roll right now. So, fun fact, apart from Russo and Gill, all players on the team of the week are with new teams. Lawrence was traded to Halifax weeks before the trade deadline, and then Kidney, Gendron, and Brunet were all traded during the trade period. 
So this is the list of suspensions since I think it was December 18th. So there's quite a few here. We'll get through them quickly. Nate Neithier, Shawinigan fighting after the first altercation, one game. Felix Gagia, Bay Camo, same thing, except he got two games. Hugo Marcel, Moncton, Neing, two games. Brady Burns, inappropriate language, five games. Uh, we can go into that I later. Wonder, I wonder I, what he said. I know what he said, but oh. I can't say it on here. Chikudami and Kate Breton both got $500 fines for failure to follow the rules for warm-up, similar to the earlier – you remember that? There was a fine to Kate Breton. Oh, they, where they this, took too long? Yeah, oh, I think they yeah, took too long, yeah. That's another stupid one. But. Drew Elliott, aggressor, one game of Drummondville. Trevor Thurston, unsportsmanlike conduct. A lot of unsportsmanlike conducts on here. Mm. Uh I'll skip through all those. Another big one, Zach LaRue, staged fight and unsportsmanlike conduct, three games. And the Mooseheads did not respect an ejection, which was the game misconduct. So they got a $1,000 fine. And what I was told was LaRue got kicked out, obviously, because he fought. And he was back for the second period. So the Mooseheads claimed they didn't hear the announcement. I don't know how you wouldn't. Ian Robinson's a pretty loud announcer. So <laughs> I don't know how they didn't hear that. Okay, and I gotta pull up the CHL top ten rankings quickly because I forgot to include that in my notes. Before you do that, when did when did the queue uh, end the fighting? Wait, how long ago was that? It's been slowly phasing out like a couple years now, uh, but I, I think that's so something dumb. like that. Yeah, but I I understand because they are kids. But at the same time, you have to think about they're going to be playing in the NHL where there is fighting. Fighting, exactly. And so you got to think about that. So if we go on these rankings, we had four teams that were mentioned. Uh, Quebec moved down to number two behind the Winnipeg Ice. Uh, Halifax jumped up to fifth. Gatineau is number 10. And Sherbrooke is an honorable mention. Uh, one... One team that I'm surprised not on there, Victoriaville. Uh, Victoriaville. They're rising too. Well, they were high last week. They were like sixth, I think, but they must have taken a drop. And Theo's going to take us into the weekday recap of the games. All right. So we're starting January 12th, Thursday. Sherbrooke, 7 nothing, Absolutely blows Cape Breton. Joshua got the first star. One goal, three assists. And I... I forgot to mention, I was kind of pissed off the missing the World Junior um, uh, episode, but Ryan Bessie, your buddy, did a fantastic job. I, that, was a, that was a great uh, Yeah, shout episode. out Ryan yeah, for yeah, coming shout out Ryan. last week. Yeah. Um, Jacob Melanson has his Sherbrooke debut, gets second star with two goals, one assist. Um, and Tyson Hines, also a Canadian World Junior, uh, gets third star with one assist. Halifax defeats Gat- Quebec sorry, 2-1 to one in a shootout. Alex Doucette gets his first goal with the Mooseheads shorthanded. He is now 17 points in eight games. James Malatesta scores the lone goal for Quebec. He is now 43 points in 40 games. And Matthias Rousseau, we keep talking about him, gets his third star with his 20th win with the Mooseheads. Now has a 0-9-10 save percentage. Gatineau defeats Armada 4-3 in overtime. Cam McDonald gets his first star with one goal, which was the OT winner and one assist. He now has nine points in seven games with Gatineau. Huge, huge plus for Gatineau. That team is that team's scary for sure. Their offense is ridiculous. It's so ridiculous. We said the start of the season that they were 
their weakness is goaltending, and they really shored that up with yeah. Frankie LaPena, and now they're just scary. Yeah. And then Riley Kidney, obviously, what a surprise here, gets two, ass- two assists, which gets him the second star. And Xavier Sarasson from Armada gets the third star with one goal and one assist. And rest of the goals for Gatineau was Zach Dean, another Canadian world junior, Oliver Nadeau, and Sam Sawa. We didn't even mention Nadeau coming back. Yeah. He's been out for four to six yeah. months, and now he's back with now this Gatineau team that's a wagon. Yeah. And Nadeau just... Lucky enough. He's been playing good, too. I think he's point per game since he came back. Yeah. Rest of the goals for Armada were Oliver Torshot and Jonathan Foucault. And then Bay Camo defeats St. John 5-3. to um, Bay Camo, Charles Antoine Dumais gets first star with two goals. And Nick Fineco gets a second star with two assists. And then Justin Poirier, he's also having a hell of a year too, gets third with one goal, which was the insurance goal. Fineco played great for Latvia. He was very good at the World Juniors. Yeah. Latvia was, in general, was honestly... Not bad, like not as good as what they were in the summer, but they still they still put up a fight. Hey, shout out, shout someone, out Latvia. someone had to beat Austria. Yeah, that's true. Uh, goal scored from the dogs were Peter Peter Reynolds, Danny Okachu, and Alexis Coronier. Peter Reynolds, friend of the show. Yeah, shout out Pete. Uh, Friday, January thirteenth, Gatineau defeats Drummondville seven nothing. Another below. Alexis General gets first star with three goals and one assist. Oliver Nadeau got second star with two goals and one assist. And Francesco Lapena, we haven't mentioned him in a while, also doing great things with Gatineau, uh, got his first shutout, actually, with um, Gatineau. Other goals for Gatineau were Noah Warren and Oliver Bouton. And another uh, blowout here was Victoriaville defeats Valador 9-3. First star for Victoriaville was Frederick Bernal. He had one goal, one, three assists. And second star for the Tigra was Justin Lacrosse, which he had two goals and one assist. And a third star for the Tigra was Mathieu Saint-Ange. I think I'm pronouncing that right. I might butcher that, but... That's close. <laughs> it's pretty good, <laughs> Which actually. he had uh, no points, but he was a plus four. And then uh, Gabriel Dagula got his ninth win out of 11 games and now has a 0 9 save percentage. And Victoriaville, like... They're, they're scary too, man. They're scary. This isn't a bad thing, but their goaltending is like too deep. That's they're so good. Like yeah. the fact that Dagla backs up and he's nine and two, nine eighteen. That's unfair. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shakutami defeats Rouen four to three in overtime. Maxime Massey gets first star. He had himself a night with two goals and one assist. Tristan Allard from Rouen gets second star with one goal. And Andre Lashko, he's also having a terrific year. Had third third star with one goal. One assist and has him at 44 points in 40 games this season. Daniel Borash and Francois James Buteau were the other scores for Rouen. And Schwinnigan versus Rumuski. Schwinnigan defeats them 4 to 3. Uh, Felix Rochat gets first star for Schwinnigan with one goal, two assists. And Xavier Fillion gets second star for Rumuski. He had two goals um, that night. And then third star from former Halifax Moosehead Stefan Huar Jr gets two goals for the cats how sad to see him go. i know man i i that sucks especially I, I don't tusha winnigan like yeah but alex Doucette, he's yeah, he's not he, bad. he's not bad at all um so that's it for the yeah first weekdays yeah. good stuff so we have a very special guest coming on today we have sean crocker editor with area 51 sports network and he also writes for the halifax moves heads does some cape breton stuff too 
And so without further ado, here is Sean Crocker. Joining us on the Q Review today is Sean Crocker, content writer for Area 51 Sports Network. Sean, how's it going today? Not too bad. How are you guys? Thanks for having me on. Good, man. Good. Uh, can you just tell us a little bit about Area 51? Kind of like what you do for the Mooseheads as a content writer. Yeah, so first and foremost, Area 51, like it sounds kind of weird to say it. Like it's, it's, it's weird coming out of my mouth. And, <laughs> you know, like you think of Area 51. But essentially what we aim to do at Area 51, we want to dominate the circle of junior hockey mainly. But we're looking to make Area 51 Sports Network the like one-stop shop, kind of like what you guys try to do with the Q here, but on a much bigger scale. So like we try to bring coverage to all these different small market teams, bring attention to junior hockey because who who doesn't love junior hockey? You know, hockey's yeah, exactly. hockey. It's a great level. So you know that that's more or less what we do. Uh, me personally, I edited a lot of articles there uh, and just sort of work to bring attention to the website where it's not really something that has taken off out east but it's definitely got a following out west and we're looking to bring that here can you kind of tell us how you got the opportunity for uh, area 51 well originally i met up with sean warren he's the founder of area 51 and essentially he he had this grand idea to make like a one-stop shop for everything for sports and starting with junior hockey uh, especially out west so essentially it was just an opportunity that came up and they said that they were looking to expand out west so i reached out to him and said i think that that's something that definitely has a market here especially in atlantic canada let alone in the whole in in all the provinces that support qmjhl hockey so that's more or less how i came across that and just over time like it sort of took on a life of its own and we like we're sort of where we're at right now as uh we looked to sort of build out the Q network. Okay, so you said Area 51's based out west. What made you want to reach out out west to kind of, you know, like why why would you pick out west out of everywhere that you could have picked? Well, we kind of had a bit of a mutual interest here because they especially have a, a de decent-sized following out west. They do a lot of coverage for soccer, so like the Vancouver Whitecaps, uh team in seattle there which their name is is escaping me right now uh but essentially like uh, especially along the west coast there they they have such a following that it it didn't feel right that leagues like the whl the bchl ajhl ohl were getting all sorts of coverage that we simply weren't getting out here and you know it's it's always interested me that we've never really gotten a large data set from the QMJHL, and I I partially just also wanted to bring that out here, but full credit to Sean Warren on the idea there and bringing me on, and, you know, the future's bright for Area 51. We need to keep working to build that out, but overall, like, it's just, I, I just feel like there's such an untapped market here in Atlantic Canada and Quebec, like, for junior hockey. So what can fans expect when they search up Area 51 on the internet? What can they expect when they get there? Well, you can expect a bit of everything. Uh, right now we have a lot of coverage for the WHL, um, a, a bit of soccer. We have, a, we have great coverage for that, and especially for a sport that's year-round. But, you, you know, you can expect a lot of information for junior hockey that you can't really expect to get anywhere else because nowhere else brings that level of coverage and that's sort of what we're looking to do as a group at area 51 
where again, like we're really just trying to take a market that is really big out west and trying to sort of tap into the potential out here. Yeah, that's sort of why we started this podcast because you know the exposure of junior hockey out east, there's not a not enough media coverage. You know what I mean? So that's kind of why the Q review started. We wanted to bring that exposure to the league, and yeah, so it sounds like you know similar ideas there. So you cover the Mooseheads. And they've been on a great run right now. I believe 14-0-2 in the last 16. So can you tell us a little bit about like what you do with them day-to-day? Well, essentially what I do, I don't really get involved with the team directly a whole lot. But essentially what I do is I like to watch... Like I, I definitely stream a lot of their games there. But especially with... Uh, at Area 51, we're partnered with Recruit Scouting and... Uh, Essentially what they do for us is they provide sort of support when we talk about especially draft eligible prospects. They bring a large set of data to us that sort of allows us to interpret what a certain stretch for a player means. So for example, if we're talking about a draft eligible player like Matthew Cataford, um, we're sort of trying to uncover what a certain stretch for him means. So that stretch where he started out like blazing at like it started the year with Fitacek and Jordan Dumay, yeah. like we're trying to figure out what that means, whether or not he's driving the play or whether he's sort of being propped up by those guys who are like in their draft plus one year already. So essentially what recruit scouting does is, is it allows us to interpret sort of what that means because you can't really get that anywhere else, like from really anywhere that's not behind a paywall. Yeah. So, yeah. so that on its own sort of gives us an advantage to sort of bring again like i know i keep preaching this but data (laughs) because that's just the one thing that we don't really have in junior hockey like to to the masses like it's very confined to a small group of people data analytics all that stuff it's real even for us it's hard to find statistics (laughs) and results and things like that just usually we go through the q website but they don't you know there's not a ton there to look for it's hard to analyze you know what i mean like right like you get your basic stats like yeah. goals assists plus minus all like those sort of stats that are on the surface but we don't really understand the impact that a player has yeah. now especially in the nhl um it's really getting to the point where you can kind of quantify a player's value with one number yeah so like like what whatever number that may be like it's sort of like what a sum of a player is but we don't really have access to that in junior hockey and right. I think for me personally, I think that that's something that, like, and I'm honestly kind of surprised junior hockey hasn't gotten into that because it's such a thing that teams can exploit. Yeah. Teams can exploit, and really the first one on it, like, we see it with a team in the OHL, like the London Knights. Like, they exploit that, and they know the market inefficiencies, and somehow, after almost 20 years of doing it, they're still doing it, and no one's picking up yeah. on it, so... So I think just having that data available, I think it'll advance the junior game. Yes. And re- really, that's what we want to do. Well, a lot of people are like numbers people, right? They take an interest in the sport. They like the analytics. They like the statistics and all that stuff. So if they brought that to junior hockey, I think it would really bring a, you know, really bump it up a little. Now, I read an article of yours on Area 51 about the 2022 Q draft prospects like for the NHL. Q guys going to the NHL. This year, 2023, who do you see as potential, you know, players getting drafted this year? Getting right to it. Well, I think one of the intriguing ones for me is definitely Matthew Cataford. Um, Now, I know I brought him up before. Big fan of his. And, like, I think just the ability 
like to play on a top line like with guys like Vitacek, Dume, um, you know, it speaks volumes and a lot of people will jump to he he might have been buoyed by those guys, he might have been carried by those guys. Yeah. But the fact of the matter is is that guys like that can play with those top players, which bodes well. So I think Matthew Catafford's good. Um haven't really looked too much into the twenty twenty three draft eligibles from the queue. Um, because really a lot of the tension's out west and on Connor Bedard, so there hasn't really been like a whole lot of coverage yeah. out here. Hundred percent. Everybody's yeah. been looking at Connor Bedard recently. Do you so. see Catterford as a first round pick? Because I know going into the season he was closer to like second, third round projection. Do you see him going in the first round? Probably not. It bodes well that he got invited to the to the uh, Kubota top top prospects game. Um, but re- realistically, I see him falling in that little in in. I know that this sounds like kind of a wide range, but a 40 to 80. Like, I don't really see him, like, unless he goes on a bit of a bender here to end the season. But, you know, like, it's such a deep draft class that it's hard for a guy like that to really climb his way up because, like, we're talking about some guys who would possibly even go in the top 10 even last year, like, are probably going in the mid-20s this year. Yeah, like, like guys like Mitchkoff, they have dropping down. I saw, you know, some have Fantilli at three. Like... They're all over right. the place right now. And Dylan McKinnon's another big name, too, for the Mooseheads. He just got invited to the top prospects game as well. Uh, where He's gone on quite a tear this year, especially at the second half of the season. Where Do you see him getting drafted anywhere? He could potentially. I could see him going like more so in the later rounds, um, like mid to late. I'm talking like four to seven. I know that that's a long range there, but, you know, like a lot of teams, like when it comes down to those later rounds, like you're pretty much picking on preference for – or like what you need to sort of fill fill up your your pipeline. You know, if you're short on defensemen, you're probably not swinging for upside there. You're swinging for defensemen. Whereas, you know, the, realistically, the goal of drafting should be upside. Like, because, like, if you have the chance to draft a player, say, with the potential for to become a perennial 80-point player, like, you, you almost want to take those over, over a safer floor because there's no other way that you're going to be able to get those guys. Yeah. So I think for a guy like... Like again, back to Catafort, if you're swinging on a bit of upside with him, uh, you know that that's just like a much better bet all around. Even if there's a bit, a greater chance that he's not going to reach that potential. Yeah. Uh, back to Matthew Catafort. I know he's not the biggest guy, so do you think that's one of the biggest reasons why he's sending back? It's kind of like the Jordan Dumay situation. I'm not saying he's no Jordan Dumay, but do you think that kind of impacted his draft or? Probably. I mean, like, we all know old old hockey men let, love being like, oh, he's too small. Yeah, you know, he, that he, is true. He's going to have a hard time adapting. I think even with Dume, you know, he's come a long way in the last year. Uh, one of the biggest knocks on him was his skating, and, like, it wasn't as fluid as it is today. But he, he's put in work, and that's yeah. ultimately why he's gotten to where he is. That's showing. Yeah, no, exactly, it's definitely right? showing. And, yeah, for sure. And that's why he is where he is on the Blue Jackets prospect depth chart yeah. and he's still climbing yeah. you, you know like that's a pretty deep prospect pool but he's considered to be top 10 right now so. i think john torrell is like the only guy that really cares about this sizing right now especially with prospects and look at bedard too bedard's not he's the biggest like five, yeah yeah it's just all in the legs too so yeah and the yeah dume it's crazy to think that dume is also eligible for the q next yeah year that's too. it that's why he signed his entry level but because he's only i think 19 i don't think he can I'm not sure if he can sign pro yet. Maybe he can. Well, he he can, but the only caveat there is 
he's not eligible to play in the American Hockey League. Mm-hmm. So ah. if so, he either it's either Blue Jackets or bust. Blue Jackets mm-hmm. or come back to the queue. And ultimately, where he plays next year will depend what the Mooseheads do, what uh, the Blue Jackets do. It's really going to come down to that, because you know if if the Mooseheads are in a position where they need to start recouping some assets, he could be out the door. But again, we're not really looking forward that far you know we're just trying to enjoy the run that yeah that they're yeah. looking to go on right now and speaking of that run like i said i believe it's 14 0 and 2 in the Jeez. last 16 chance yep. to make it 15 tonight um you were talking earlier that's some type of record yeah tonight i'm pretty sure it's a franchise record if they record a point tonight so either with a win or an overtime or shootout loss they capture the franchise record for the most consecutive games collecting a point in the standings That's which crazy. is absolutely ridiculous the craziest thing about that run is they've collected it against like some crazy like they just played quebec and sherbrooke yeah back to back they're not playing easy teams and i think people are really knocking the mooseheads at the start of the season oh their division's really easy well it was easy until it wasn't easy sorry they traded a bunch of guys at the deadline you see guys like st john traded mcdonald and kidney and Melanson both get traded for bathers i just think this second half of the season, they've really showed they're pretty, you know, legit. And how would you compare this to like Moosehead teams of the past, like even maybe 2013? Oh, well, that's a crazy question. Yeah, no, it, 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 it is because that team was just absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. And I think, I think they probably rank up there close to 2013. I do hesitate to put them on that same level though, because like just the heights that they were able to reach with McKinnon and Druin. Like, it, it was just ridiculous. Although, I will say, I do think that this team might be more complete top to bottom than that team was. I don't know if they have the same upside, but they definitely do have the depth to get there. And we know in the playoffs, you need depth because guys simply get hurt and you can't trade for guys in the playoffs. So, I, I would say this top, this recent team of the Moose's top bottom six, sorry, is probably better than the 2013 bottom six. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. And... You know, like in in my most recent piece with Area 51, I sort of looked at the impact of the trades that they made at the deadline. And pretty much before they acquired Josh Lawrence, they were only getting around four and a half point or goals per game. And then they got Lawrence, that went up to exactly five. And then mm-hmm. after getting Alex Doucette, it's it's all the way up to six now. Yeah. So, you know, if it's going to be a team that has to score their way to the championship, they have the pieces to do it. Now, one of the points I did want to make here was that um, like we we were even talking last week about their biggest weakness and what could come back to bite them and it's goaltending mm-hmm. but this last stretch in the last six games Mathis Russo he's been absolutely unreal he has like a 932 yeah. save percentage and I think it's safe to say he's taken the crease for now like I mean yeah like, he, like, he has it now he player it. of the week I was just gonna yeah. ask of him no, Mathis exactly. Russo because he wasn't as good as he was as he is right now at the start of the year he was kind of a little shaky obviously and what do you think like kind of well i think a lot of that does come down to some of the guys on defense getting a little more experience like we're talking like uh mckinnon owen phillips um but even the top half that defense isn't bad like i think again it comes down to depth and the emergence of owen phillips he's he's been playing in the top four for this last little stretch dylan mckinnon he like even mckinnon's been scratched every now and again so that's Mm. just like a testament to how deep this team is and you know really a goalie's only as good as the team in front of him i know that that's like some old hockey guy thing to say but like but realistically their defense has taken strides so i think that some of that could be 
accredited to uh, to this recent hot stretch for Russo. But, you know, like, credit to him. Like, he, he's really dug deep, and he's come through. Like, they've had some high-scoring games. They're, like, 5-4, 6-5, and, and it's hard going on the road like they did, you know, during the World Juniors. Like, it always sucks for the team hosting it because they don't really... Like, you know, you go on, like, an eight- or nine-game road trip, and that can... Right. That could sink you in the standings, or it could sink your season. Oh, big time. It's yeah. like the Islanders in the NHL. They went on that, like, 15-game road <laughs> yeah. trip at the start of the season. Yeah. Uh, so, who do you think are the biggest <laughs> obstacles in the league uh, getting in the way of the Mooseheads maybe making a run? Like, who do you see as the big dogs in the queue? Well, I see primarily as a threat Quebec, obviously, sit- sitting first in the standings. I'll never downplay a Patrick Watt team again I'm from Moncton and I downplayed them in 2006 when we hosted the Memorial Cup and they absolutely smacked us in the finals I think it was like 6-2 Alex Radulov had like a hat trick or something like that yeah the beauty Alexander Radulov Habs legend yeah Habs legend um but no I think uh I think Quebec's gonna be a tough one Gatineau is a pretty complete team we were talking about that before Mm -hmm. this um and just the additions that they made um, Victoriaville, obviously, but you know, I think a dark horse that could knock them off in the playoffs or that could give them trouble if they see them down the line is Moncton. Wow, you know, I, told I, think, you that I, I know. Year. I mean, I, I was <laughs> yeah. always I before the season always start, started. I said Moncton wasn't. They've been do, getting shredded. I've by been getting viewers. shredded by yeah. the viewers lately, but um, now I can see. Oh, you like you were saying that? They yeah, didn't do well? I put St. John in front of them. Really? Yeah, which was a <laughs> well, crazy hot take, but. Um, I had Moncton. So well, what what I makes you think Monk, what makes you think Moncton is gonna? Well, of like hold. the how, how many times have they played now? Four and Moncton's won three, or I think Moncton's won three through the last four meetings. I just think it's a team that matches up really well. It's a team that plays really well on their home ice. So, I think even though Halifax will more than likely have home ice for that series, I don't know. Like I think that like you're gonna need to steal one in Moncton, and like that's been tough for teams this year to go into Moncton and take those games. It's not an easy rink to play in, no. man. That that's a crazy. That's stadium. a crazy rink, right? Yeah. Right. Bumping. It's like it kind of reminds you of that uh, of Mullet Arena, you know? Like it's it, like, <laughs> like it's a very intimate atmosphere oh, at the Avenir Center, and like it's. I just think Moncton has potential to be a little bit of an upset factor here. Not not even just for the Mooseheads, for anyone who they play. Dark horse of the playoffs, yeah. Moncton Wildcats. You yeah. heard it from yeah. Young Loshing too. Like that guy's crazy. Yeah, I, see, I remember too. when they drafted him too. Well, Barbashev, they used to have uh, Ivan Barbashev. Yeah. I, I remember those years. Yeah. And yeah, the uh, I was talking to Mavs Gillis of Eastlink, and he told me that he was like, "I'm not surprised Moncton's so good. They had three of the top six rookie scorers last year, and that's just recipe for success in the queue." Right. As we know, the junior hockey cycle. Three, I, four years. And yeah. Then. It's it's even becoming like two three years now, like because oh, yeah. like with guys making the NHL so much quicker, or like teams having to strip it down. You're seeing like teams like again like like I mentioned, Halifax might have to trade Dumay next year, depending on what their intentions are. Yeah, and uh, you know as far as Moncton goes, they have Etienne Moran, who's who's absolutely balling out He's on the crazy. back end. Yeah, like, I even heard this year like they weren't sure where they were gonna go. The Mooseheads and Larue, they were talking about him because obviously if they weren't gonna succeed, he's not back next year. And he's really the only thing you would get back other than your 20-year-olds. You know what I mean? So that's weird how the junior hockey cycle has changed. No, it really is, too. And, and like, it's weird because you used to never see guys like that move. Like, a team drafts a guy, and you only trade him when you're stripping it down. But I I was surprised a few years ago when Moncton, like, I, I don't know if they gave up on him, but they traded him to Halifax. And I was like, what are you doing? Because they they were about to go on a run, and then 
the world just ended. <laughs> the yeah, world right. ended. COVID. COVID. Yeah. COVID. Uh, another example of that. Um, you're a big Moncton fan. You said Frankie Iacenza. He's an 03, and they traded him this year. Yep. So, yep. so it's weird how those trades work. Like, that's one guy I probably wouldn't have touched if I was the GM. But well, he's I mean, a solid lo- defender. Logic tells you not to trade those guys, like, especially if you're trying, like, in a position to contend. But, you know, sometimes teams are just more intent on recouping assets. Sometimes it depends on, like, the liquidity of them and how, just, like, how valuable they are at the time. Like, like I'm not sure about, like, the Q draft coming up. I haven't really gotten a chance to look at the names there. I'm not sure if it's a deeper draft, but that might also be incentive to say we'd rather get these guys to help us long term than take a crack when when there's like four or five teams at the top of the standing that could absolutely destroy them so i think there's some incentive sean we're gonna leave you on this last question are the mooseheads contenders or pretenders contenders for sure no quick answer quick answer yeah contenders without a doubt i think uh they showed us this last week against um against quebec moncton and i forget who else they played uh victoriaville was it yeah yeah, they they played some of their best hockey of the season. So if that's any indication, they're ready for prime time and they're going to bring it come playoff time. I think it's a team of winners, and I think that we're going to see that. All right, Shaw. Well, we appreciate you uh, coming on, and we'll, you're welcome anytime. You only live up the road, so yeah, you're no, welcome yeah. on the show anytime. Yeah, Absolutely. thanks a lot, Sean, for coming on. Thanks for having me, guys. Cool. That was Sean Crocker, editor for the Halifax Mooseheads and Area 51 Sportsnet. And once again, that was Sean Crocker, Area 51 Sports Network. We had the opportunity to work with him at High Button Sports with the Ice Jam. And great commentator, great guy, writes great articles. Check that out on Area 51 Sports Network. He knows his stuff for sure. He does know his stuff. Big fan of the queue. You guys heard it with the interview. He knows what he's doing. Uh, So I've got some weekend games that we can get into. So Saturday, January 14th. Alex Drover drove the Sea Dog. Uh, drove the Sea Dogs. Yeah, I get win. it. Drove it to the win, <laughs> eight to three against the Ramuski Oceanic. Drover scored his first two goals since returning to the QMJHL. Was named the first star. He was playing with. He started the season with the Medicine Hat Tigers and then played like seven games. Played Valley Junior A and now he's back in Port City. He was actually in Sport Check the other day. Okay. <laughs> Not a big deal. You picked out his wheels, huh? <laughs> yeah. No stick actually. He finished with three points on the night. Jacob Beaulieu, Noah Reinhart, Nate Tivy, Vince Ellie, Brady Burns, and Alexis Cornier scored the goals in the blowout. Charlie Desroches, three assists. And Ventislav Shengarov was solid in net with 28 saves. All the Ramuski goals on the power play. Alexander Gaudio scored twice, and Luca Verreau scored a single. And Cedric Massé... He had his second career appearance in relief, allowed four goals on ten shots. That's a that's a six hundred save percentage, if my math is right, or four hundred save percentage. Yeah, one of the You're, two. Uh, not the one that Gabriel talk about math right now. Gabriel Robert was pulled after allowing four goals on eighteen shots. Fun fact: Brady Burns is the only Sea Dog with double digit goals at twenty two. Next closest is friend of the show Pete Reynolds, Cole Burbage, and Alexis Cornoyer with. Eight. Eight. <laughs> so it's that's pretty crazy, clear that they a, sold this year. That's a crazy stat, though. Jakutami takes down Ruan Aranda 7-4. Maxim Masse, Emmanuel Vermette, and Andre Lashko, two goals apiece. Samuel Vachon had a single, and Philippe Cloutier got his first win as a Saganine with 29 saves. 
Daniil Borash scored twice. I feel like a broken record talking about Daniil Borash. Singles came from Bill Zonin and Anthony Turcott, and the loss went to Kyle Hagen. Sags were up 6-1 until the Huskies scored three unanswered, and then the Lashko empty netter sealed it. So Lash, a bit Lashko, of a scare. Man. Rouen Aranda doesn't go easy, man. They're, I want to say they're high in the standings. I'll check later, but they're pretty high up in the standings. Well, that's what we both predicted in the um, start of the season, that they they weren't going to go high, but they're for sure going to. Yeah. Sam Rousseau play. and Jonathan Desoirsiers dropped the mitts early in the second. So, uh, at the start of the season, this might have been game of the year because the two teams were supposed to contend: Gatineau and Blainville. Uh, we both know Blainville's not contending anymore. Six-five um, Gatineau in overtime. Zach Dean was the hero, scored the OT winner. Riley Kidney newly acquired five points on the night. Gendron, two goals. Cole Cormier, Olivier Nadeau, Dean, and Kidney had goals. Marcel Marcel was ejected from a hit from behind on Alexis Bork. Uh, it was a bad hit, too. I watched it. No suspension, but it didn't look good. What? Yeah, it was not good. But uh, Frankie LaPena, 28 saves. Blainville was up 5-4 late, and then Kidney tied it. And they got goals from Artie Rabinskis, who scored twice, came back from the World Juniors with Latvia. Also excellent. Jonathan Foshaw, Xavier Saracen, and Justin Carboneau, who was just picked up. 30 saves for Charles Edouard Gravel. 3-2, the Ramparts beat. Kate Breton, Theo Rochette scored twice. Justin Robida scored as well. That guy's also a cheat code in the QMJHL. <laughs> Pierre-Olivier Waugh had two assists, 15 saves for Will Rousseau. Nick Rucha, 39 saves, was the first star. And Charles Boutet and Sam Johnson scored for the Eagles. There's a lot of games on Saturday. <laughs> Bathurst, 6-3 over Charlottetown. T-Taz scored six unanswered goals after being down 3 to nothing. Dylan Andrews, Joey Hennebury, friend of the show, there we go. and Donovan Arsenault had the goals for the T-10. They all had two goals each. Arsenault was picked up in the kidney trade. 33 saves for Josh Fleming, who's a rookie with the Bathurst T-10 this year. Michael Horth scored twice for the Islanders. Kieran Gallant had the other. Dixon Grimes took the loss in net. He was brought over from the Guelph Storm, and he has yet to get a win. He's the son of Jake Grimes, who was the Eagles coach last year. And Blake Pilgrim Edwards and Simon Hughes fought midway through the third. Halifax beat Sherbrooke 6-2. We were talking about how big of a win that was for them because I think they were tied in the standings going into that game. Dume and Lawrence both scored twice. Alexander Doucette and Attilio Biasca had the others. Biasca, another great world yeah. junior tournament. Shout out Biasco. Cataford and Joe Fleming fought. A weird name to fight. I didn't think Cataford was much of a fighter. Uh, Rousseau, 46 saves, as we mentioned earlier. QMJHL, player of the week. Had an assist as well. Olivier Adam, 15 saves in the loss. Jacob Melanson and Andrew Bellchaber scored for the Phoenix. Valdor, they lose to Drummondville. Jeremy Lapointe, Justin Cote, and Maxime Lafaw scored for the Volts. 34 saves for Riley Mercer. Mathis Fernandez had 39 saves. Nathan Drapeau and Nathan Provost. That was kind of a cool little tune. Nathan Drapeau and Nathan, Nathan Provost Provo. scored for the fours. I think this Drummondville team, in my opinion, is going to be really scary in the second half. They get they get Mercer back. They get Justin Cote, who was a huge scorer for them last year. Maverick Lamoureux, first-round pick of the Arizona Coyotes. So... Look out. Look out for them. I'm just saying. Yeah. You can oh, quote, those are you some can good quote names. me. I think they'll be good. Yeah. 
Luke Woodworth. It's not him to that. It's not a good. It's not a bad take. Halifax beats Moncton six to four to extend their point streak to sixteen games. Halifax six different players scored: Reese Peitch, Josh Lawrence, Logan Crosby, Jordan Dume, Marcus Vitacek, and Alexander Doucette. Doucette now leads the league in goals with thirty six, and he has seventeen points in eight games since coming over from Valdor. Brady James twenty nine saves in the win. Anthony Hamill. Maxim Barbashev, Miles Mueller, and Yon Loshing had the Moncton goals, and Jacob Steinman took the loss and made 20 saves. That game really showed the Halifax depth because, you know, Peitch, Crosby, those guys aren't playing in those big line. So that was a great game for them to really Crosby show off their depth. Crosby's trying to, he's stepping up, though. He's a big boy. Yeah. Like, he's, he uses his size when he skates. He didn't have the best start, but... Hey man, he's doing, mean, he's doing well now. He's playing so well in the lineup, right? It's really hard for him to show off his full potential, but he's really playing his third line role well. Yeah, for sure. Sherbrooke takes down Charlottetown four to one. Josh Waugh scored twice and had an assist, and Cole Hawkins and Israel Menenskum scored singles. Sherbrooke outshot Charlottetown fifty to twenty one. Jesus, twenty saves for Samuel Saint Hilaire. Jacob Robillard, first star, forty six saves against his former team. And he signed with the Islanders after the trade period. Didn't get traded, but where being a 20-year-old, he like got released. Whatever that means. Peter Repchi scored the Islanders' goal. Another great World Junior performance. I think he led, besides Josh Waugh, I think he led Q guys in points in the World mm-hmm. Juniors. So, shout out to Petey. Really? Yeah. Nice. You stat check me if you want, but I'm pretty sure. No, I, I trust you. <laughs> Victoriaville, 5-4 against Blaineville. Max Pellerin captain overtime hero 27 seconds in igor Gurionov, tommy cormier and mile levine scored the others freddie brunet who was picked up by the oceanic three assists nathan darvo 37 saves james swan jonathan foshaw and xavier saracen scored for blaineville nicholas sheehan made 28 saves in the loss and then our final game of the weekend recap, Bay Camo won against Rouen 3-2 in a shootout. Next Fineco shootout winner, Olivier Ciarlo. All five Husky shooters on top of 30 saves, Justin Poirier and Louis Charles Plourd scored the goals in regulation. Jacob Houjar and Louis-Philippe Fontaine scored the Husky goals. Thomas Couture made 21 saves and... Francois James Buteau and Anthony Lavoie dropped the gloves. Dropped the gloves. Oh, that was the weekend. There we Busy go. weekend in the queue. There was 11 games on Saturday. And I'm out of breath. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What All do right. you got? You got so, any more here? Yeah. So Wednesday, January 18th, um, Moncton uh, loses to the Islanders 5-3. Joel Marchand gets his first start for the Islanders with two goals. And Yon Loshing. Gets second star for Moncton with one goal. And third star for the Islanders, Job, uh, Jacob Riblard. Saved 32 of 35 shots. Shawinigan beats St. John 4-1. First star for the second week in a row is Felix Sarchet. He had two goals on for Shawinigan. And Lou Felix Dennis for Shawinigan had one goal. And Noah Reinhardt gets the third star due to being the lone scorer for the Dogs. Cape Breton defeats the T-Tan 5-4 in overtime. Robert Orr gets his first star after getting traded from Gatineau. He got one goal, two assists. Ivan Ivan gets second star for the Eagles as he uh, got a hat trick. 
and Blake Pilgrim Edwards gets third star for the T10 with two assists. Quebec beats Bay Camo 11 to 2. Uh, Justin close one. <laughs> Very close one. Justin Robidog gets first star for the Ramparts, had four assists, no goals. Zach Bolduc got one goal, five assists, gets the second star, and Nick Savoie gets two assists. And uh, Ramuski defeats Shikunmi 5 to 2. Julian Ballon had one goal and one assist. And Charles Cote for Ramuski had one goal, one assist as well. And Patrick Hamerla saved 26 20, 28 shots. And last game, Victoriaville defeats Gatineau 5 to 2. Frederick uh, Grenoble gets first star uh, for Victoriaville. And Nikita Barbashev had one goal, one assist. Good stuff. There we go. That was all the Holy games crap. of the week. Now, Theo, you were also at the World Juniors. Yep. And I want to kind of get your perspective on the tournament and how it went and stuff. I talked about all that last week, but I want to hear your take. Just electric. Um, Honestly, um, me and Will, uh, my buddy, got um, tickets for the um, Canada versus Slovakia when Connor Bedard got that crazy overtime winner and just the best part about it just obviously them winning but just like hugging random people like you never met before just an absolute electric crowd with like ten thousand people and just it was just crazy that's all i can say dudes with the hockey yeah. gear yeah shout dude, out dude Matt dudes from High Button. yeah <laughs> crazy outfit but yeah it was just it was super fun and i hope uh halifax hosts it again um soon enough yeah, no, it was great. The whole tournament was great. Um, all the games were pretty even. Like, even Slovakia and Canada was way closer than it should be. Yeah. Um, for some odd reason, the betting odds had Czech Republic paying fourteen fifty <laughs> to beat Canada in regulation yeah. on Boxing Day. Um, whoever bet that, they won a lot of money. Yeah, that's actually yeah, That's, that's a huge odd. Um, if we look at the statistics oh. this season, Jordan Dumay still leads the league, 76 points. Doucette with goals, 36 we mentioned earlier. 45 assists for Dume to lead. Goaltending, Will Rousseau, first in goals against, 208. Nate Darvaux, 931. That is ridiculous. Uh, 20 wins, Rousseau and Rousseau are tied. Will Rousseau and Mathis Rousseau. So, oh, and Charles Antoine Lavely. Sorry, but mm. Rousseau, Rousseau. That yeah. was a good... And then we have a four-way tie in shutouts. Francesco Lepetta, Patrick Haberla, Will Russo, and Oliver Shatney. Oliver Shatney had, like, three shutouts. Like, he, it's like, since the beginning of the year almost. He, he, didn't, really... he didn't have to play a single second yeah. in the World Juniors, and he got a silver medal. Yeah, I know. That's sweet. <laughs> Shout out all. <laughs> That'd be awesome. And standings, you look at the Western Conference, Victoriaville beating Gatineau last night. They passed them for first in the West Eastern Conference. Quebec up eight points on Mooseheads. Mooseheads have two games in hand. If you go by division, West leader Gatineau. And then Victoriaville leads the Central. East, you've got Quebec and Maritimes. You have the Halifax Mooseheads. There you go. Yeah. So, I you got anything else? You Anything else you want to talk about? No, anything you I, want to bring I see, up? Uh, um, I wanted to mention about the World Juniors. This is how crazy... Um, like even um, the Austria games, like how many fans there were, um, like not just the Canada games. Like I know tickets were obviously prices, so they're pricey, so people wanted to get their money's worth. But just seeing all like Austria, Latvia games, like being like almost sold out, was kind of cool to see for sure. 
and there's no way there was only 10,900 people at the gold medal game. Oh, no. People, no shot. People sneaking in left and right. Yeah, just that's what it's all about, man. I heard a story of some guy. He stayed in between games and pretended he was a cleaner. Well, a, yeah, that, that's the one I – is that the one I told you? Cause there was yeah, another, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, yeah. I yeah. also heard it on a podcast. We'll yeah. say which one. Yeah, but we'll, I, we'll say who, but – all right. Well, once again, Chris Tracy, Theo Iatri, we are the Q Review, the one-stop shop for everything Quebec Major Junior Hockey League, the unofficial podcast of the QMJHL. And as always, we will see you next week. Brought to you by Barely's House of Blues and Ribs. We will see you next time. chick that used to dance a lot every night she'd be on the floor shaking what she'd got man when i tell you she was cool she was red hot i mean she was steaming and that time over at johnny's place well this chick got up and she slapped johnny's face man we just fell about the place if that chick don't want to know forget her